Hey college kids, welcome back to my podcast, Who Cares About College? This is part two of my interview with Carolyn, so if you have not checked out part one, make sure to do that. Also, make sure to subscribe and check out my blog, acollegekid.com, for more college-related content on there. But other than that, I hope you enjoy. Okay, so we've gone through high school, college application. Now we're on actual college. <laughs> so you were mentioning kind of like, I guess you mentioned it a couple times earlier. So, you know, you said the quote unquote elite schools, and then you said you kind of like laugh at it and you're just like, what, you know, what is so elite? So can you like explain, can you explain that a little? Like, why did you come to that kind of like thinking that, you know, eh, whatever, it's kind of ridiculous that some people like, make their life goal to like get into Harvard or something? Yeah. I mean, it's not, I definitely don't think it's ridiculous um, that you want to go to a really good school. I do think there's something to be said for the networking that happens, the people I've gotten to meet. Um, my, I'm the only American in my house. I live with five other people. It's really cool to get to meet a bunch of people from all over the world. And I've gone to visit some amazing places because of it. Um, I've gotten to meet people that have done really amazing things. I think Yale's really great because I have gotten to take classes with people that are really cool, but I also think you get to do that at a lot of different universities. I think Maryland has a bunch of Nobel Prize winners, so does Yale. So, um, and all of those things are really important to me. I think I'm glad I chose Yale because of the kind of huge diversity of interests and in people who end up going here and that, that people are really, are passionate about different things. But also, I don't think it's like the paragon of morality and like amazingness in the university in academia either. Like Josh Hawley, the one of the guys who organized the insurrection last month, like also went to Yale Law School, I think. So it's not like I think going to Yale makes you this amazing person who's like better prepared to go do all of these things and lead the lead change in the world either. So I'm really glad I came here because I do think it's been this really amazing, unique experience and the kind of networks that you do get to make here and the emphasis they do have on undergraduate teaching, even for people who are doing research and have written these really famous books. That's really awesome. But I also don't think that it's made me better prepared than any, any of my other friends who went to different schools to be in the workforce or to be some kind of leader. I think the assumption that like people who go to elite schools end up being like uniquely good at, um, yeah, just like leading the world are, mm -hmm. is totally false because I also know that Yale has graduated a lot of really bad people and um, who've done some really bad things. And I don't think that um, Yale uniquely creates goodness. So that's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately as I'm graduating, but also I definitely get the appeal of an elite school also. And Yale has given me a lot of money to do a lot of really amazing things because they have so many resources. I got to work at a nonprofit that wasn't able to pay me anything. And Yale paid me $4,000 in the summer to do that. I, um, yeah, my best friend's from the Philippines. That's really cool. I don't think that happens a lot of places. And um, to get to like have such a, kind of, I don't want to say diverse because that sounds really cheesy as well, but <laughs> I do think that there is something unique about the kind of community that Yale creates in that it's so many like high achieving people from all around the world who come together in this really concentrated space. So that's true. 
but also I know a lot of, um, yeah, I just think it's not uniquely better than anywhere else. And I have a question specifically about academics, like elite schools, nothing compares to their networking and their money and their opportunities they offer for their students. But you said that a lot of your uh, friends from high school went to UMD and specifically the Honors College. In terms of actual academics, like what you learn, is there a difference for you would be specifically Yale between Yale and then your friend who went to UMD Honors College? Do do you know more than them? Is the teaching like any better? Honestly, I really don't think so. Although I have no idea. Like I don't really know my friends are taking. I do think Yale is different in that I ha- did have a lot of academic freedom also. like, But that's something that you can do at any liberal arts school. It doesn't have to be Yale. It was really helpful to me to, I think, you know, UMD, because it's such a large school, you have to, I ha- my friends didn't have as much freedom. Like they had to take a lot of classes in their major. Mm-hmm. I was able to just kind of mess around a little bit more with my classes, take things for fun in a lot of different majors because of Yale's liberal arts program. And I didn't have to take a lot of intro courses um I also think uh it depends on what program you want to do as well I um Yale has like the I I think the best ethnic studies program on the east coast even though it's not as good as maybe like UC Berkeley because those are like a lot more established from the 60s um so I didn't even know that I wanted to do that when I came to Yale but now that I'm here I realize like Yale has really that that best program that you could take on the east coast um so And really these has recruited really amazing professors in Asian American studies and um, in African American studies, which are like kind of my two main focuses at Yale. So that's something that I do think is unique to the university is the specific program that I'm in. But do I think like the quality of the education that I've gotten is different? Like, no, probably not. (laughs) Um, And uh, but I do think I do did have more academic freedom and that my program is probably better than other places just because it's something that a lot of people fought for like 20 years ago at Yale to have. Yeah. And so, okay. Usually I talk about, you know, what did you do in at your college? Like, how did you feel coming in? But like, one thing I want to know is, I mean, you're a Yale student, you've been on the campus, you've lived here for four years. So can you tell me about Yale as a school? Like, so coming in, tell me about your experience. Can you tell me about the different, I visited Yale, so I know a little bit about it. It's like the different colleges Yale offers, like give a little bit about, a little bit of information about Yale. So like people can know what the school actually offers. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know how to give my spiel about Yale, but I guess I'll just say, yeah. So Yale is a liberal arts college. Everything, it is unique in that it only has the one undergraduate school, which I think is different from some of the larger universities. So it's kind of a medium-sized school. Everything is under the umbrella of Yale College. Um, it's about 6,000 students. Um, but yeah, the other thing that I did make Yale really unique for me in terms of community, especially compared to some of the other like elite universities, is the residential college system, So, which is kind of comparable to the Oxford and Cambridge house system. And people compare it to Hogwarts all the time too. So like you're randomly sorted into one of 14 residential colleges, which is basically how I met all my closest friends at Yale. Um, And I was in, I'm in Ezra Stiles College. It's basically just a way of organizing kind of socially at Yale. So each college is about 500 students and you end up getting to spend all four years there. 
I lived with, I lived with other first years in my college first year, and then you move into the actual space of the residential college sophomore year. But they're definitely really designed to create these like smaller Yale communities, make you feel super at home. I think Yale administratively is also better than some schools because you're so supported within the residential colleges. I do think like Yale holds your hand more than other universities do by virtue of these institutions, because I had a dean who I could always go to. There's a head of college who lives with like the other students with their families and they organize all these events. There's a lot of different college run social events through the residential colleges. They there's 14 dining halls at Yale because there's a dining hall in every residential college. Uh, They have all of these just really cool social spaces and it's really designed so that you can just meet a bunch of people as soon as you get to Yale. And so I feel like I've had an easier time transitioning than some of my friends because of that program. And it does really make the social environment really different. And I feel like there's, there's just a lot of weight given to these programs. Even I think Harvard has something comparable, but it's not as um, you don't start doing it first year. You have to like go into the houses sophomore year with your existing friends. So it's a bit different, um, but similar, similar vibes in that you have your house and you have, um, you're very loyal to it. It's how we run all of our intramurals too. I'm really into styles. People are into it for no reason because they're really all the same. They're kind of just literally designed to be like smaller yields. So none of them have like a super specific culture, but they're all people get really invested in it. Yeah. When I was on my Yale college tour, you know, obviously all the tour guides introduced themselves and they, and they had to just say they're part of this residential yeah. college. And they're like, no, this one's the best. No, this one's the best. Yeah, no, we, they also, the best. <laughs> As a tour guide, like they also, we also perform that everyone has to do it so that, you know, it seems it's really not that big of a deal in terms of competition. And there's really not one that's the best. Um, but They have some of them have like different facilities, but they're basically open to any student. Mm -hmm. So like um, there's a there's a theater in styles and every everyone can use it for like different dance performances and stuff. So, yeah, there's really not one that's better, but people just say that and people are like really performative about how much they're into their residential college. But I do have a bunch of styles gear uh it's where I go to all of my events we have like annual galas they always have free food at night they they're the colleges organize your own study breaks like one time for finals we have like unlimited sushi it was awesome that my head of college organized so it's also really it really is administratively set up so that you feel as comfortable as possible which is really nice I mean I remember one of them was like ours is the best because we have a pizza oven or something like oh we have that's mine oh that's your Although, yeah, I will say the food is still like college food, but it's good for college food. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's move on to, I guess we could say the academics of Yale. So again, coming into college, how, how does Yale like organize it? What freedoms do they give you? Like in Harvard, I know coming in, I'm not sure if I'm hundred percent right, but I know in Harvard, the first week is like shopping. You shop for your classes. So you go around which classes interest you, then you choose them. And I'm sure there are some requirements you need to meet, but they have like that kind of freedom. So can you tell me how Yale does it for their students? Yeah, we do have something similar. We also have shopping period. That's changed during the pandemic, actually, because shopping period has become pretty much impossible because you can't travel. And it's really hard to have like 100 people shopping the same class in a Zoom call. So they have changed that a lot. But normally, at the beginning of the semester, we have a two week shopping period. So you come in having some idea, maybe like six to 10 classes that you're interested in. You go to them, you decide which ones you wanna take. 
you do the work for all of these classes, and then you pick your a normal co course load is four to five classes each semester. So you end up picking those classes. You are restrained in that Yale does have distributional requirements. So you have to take two courses in science, social science, humanities, writing, language, and quantitative reasoning. So there are like six areas where you have to take two credits. And so you do have to do that. And then, so about one third of your classes end up being the distributional requirements. About one third of them to one half, if you're a STEM major, it's usually more requirements, end up being your major requirements. And then one third of your classes are just kind of what you want to take for fun. And we have a lot of different lecture courses, a lot of mostly seminars. I know all these random facts from me, Torah. So about 75% of classes are under 20 people. And I think only 2% of classes have over 100 people. So a lot of the classes that I've taken at Yale are small seminar style classes, which is also really unique because I think Yale is really nice in that it's not a super small university. I knew I did not want to go to a small college um, because that was just not the environment that I saw myself in. Although I know a lot of friends who did want to do that. Uh, but I also knew that I wanted to have the opportunity to take a lot of really small classes, which is a bit less possible, especially when you're a new, an underclassman at some of the bigger universities. But I think Yale, you really get the best of both worlds there. Yeah. And how much more like productive or beneficial are seminar-based classes versus the huge like 300, 400 people lecture classes? really depends. A lot of my classes have been seminars also because I'm a humanities major. So uh. I... Most of my classes were not like entry level or chem or entry, like entry level math, organic chemistry, earth sciences, things like that. I didn't have to take because that's not my major, but a lot of those classes are like bigger courses just by virtue of, but it doesn't really say anything about how hard they are. Like organic chemistry is a big class, but it's really, really hard. So it really depends on the kinds of classes that you're taking. In general, for humanities, I found that the larger lectures are usually less work because it's a larger class. It's a lecture style. It's like a lecture. So you have less readings every week for seminars. I have sometimes a book a week to read um, and it's two hours. Lectures are usually 50 minutes to an hour, but seminars are usually two and a half hours. Yeah. Oh my God, two and a half, two hours? And a half hours? Yeah, sometimes. But it's just like seminars are like 12 people sitting around talking for two hours, basically. It's not like you're getting taught for two hours. So it's also a really different environment. I really enjoy the seminar environment because it's more inclusive. Lectures, you're literally just sitting for an hour listening to someone talk to you. Um, and then you have, but all the lectures at Yale normally have a discussion section where you'll meet with like a grad student once a week to talk about the lectures and get help as well. That's interesting. And Going off of that, what kind of help does Yale offer in terms of, like, if you're confused about something after a lecture, obviously you can't just ask, maybe you can, but like, if you have like a more broad ranging question, so what help does Yale offer? Are you allowed to go to like a bunch of office hours? Are there special like assistants that help with people? Yeah, every professor has office hours, which is also really cool. I'm not sure. I'm sure other universities also have this deaf. I feel like anyone will tell you like the number one advice before you go to college is go to office hours, especially if you're with a really cool professor who you don't see in person that often or you only see in lecture. It's really cool to go to their office hours and they really want to talk to people because they spend a lot of time just talking at you. So every professor is required to have office hours. Every professor at Yale is also required to teach one undergraduate course, which is pretty unique, even if they're doing research. So they're not allowed to just kind of go do their own thing the whole time. They have to teach undergrads. So that's really great. 
And there's also peer tutors for every intro level science and math course. So it's usually people who've taken the class who've done really well. Um, my friend Ivana is literally an econ genius. And so she's been a peer tutor for like every single one of her econ classes. And that was really helpful for me when I took intro microeconomics and I was horrible at it. And um, what was I going to say? Oh, we also have a writing center, which has a bunch of student writing tutors who you can go to for essay help. And then we also have professional writing tutors in each res. There's one in each residential college who you can make appointments with on your essays, which has been really helpful for me as well. Uh, I think that's pretty much it, but there's a lot of, and then normally for large lecture lecture courses, you'll have a, t a teaching fellow or TF who is your discussion leader, who grades most of your papers, who you can go to for help also. Yeah, I think now that you say, I remember, so they were, um, my tour guide specifically when I was at Yale mm -hmm. was talking about how, the, I mean, the essay helper people, the ones that like read over your essays. Like, is that just a Yale thing or is that like a top school thing? Because, I mean, having someone read over your essays is incredible, especially someone who like actually knows what they're doing. So is that like a top school thing, just a Yale thing? Yeah, I'm sure there's like other schools that have like peer tutory type programs. And a lot of, every school has like TAs in their classes. I think the writing center is super unique because it's open a lot and you can just go for free whenever you want. They have drop in hours. It's fellow students. I found it really helpful to just have a second pair of eyes look over my paper or you can also just go to them at any stage of the writing process. But I'm really not sure how unique it is. Um, at Yale, it's also in our main library, which is really nice. So if you're working, then you can just go to the tutoring center. And that's also the same center where we have like resume writing workshops, uh, personal statement writing workshops, job workshops, stuff like that. The that's amazing. Center. I mean, top, I mean, I don't think any state school like offers, you know, resume stuff like it's top schools are amazing with the things that they can give you, yeah, things they offer you. Nice. Some okay. People say like daddy, yeah. <laughs> which is super weird to me on Twitter. So I'm done that I said that. But um, people are always talking about yeah, getting money from the university and resources because there are so many fellowships offered and Yale reimburses you for all kinds of stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's incredible. The things that top schools can actually give you. And in terms of like opportunities, whether that's like internships, study abroad, can you tell me how like Yale helps you there? Like, I don't know, do they have a special special program you can apply to and just put your like name out there and someone like picks it up or something? Do you have to actually look in or can you just like ask your professor, you know, oh, hey, do you need help on your research? Yeah, really varies. I had a lot of friends who did just ask professors to help on their research um, in terms of getting research assistant positions. I ended up getting a couple jobs just by applying for them because I knew there's a lot of like kind of universal communications that go through. Like I'm a consent educator at Yale and um, I also got the tour guide job through an audition process. And, uh, but in terms of like internships and things like that, most people I know don't do semester long internships just because it's really hard to balance with your uh, extra, with your academic life. And Yale doesn't give academic credit for most internships like that other schools might do. Like you can do your classes and then one of your classes is your internship. Yale doesn't do that. Um, so, but for summer internships, we have like a really great office that helps you kind of work through things. There's different like counselors assigned to each area that you're interested in. 
Um, I just ended up searching a bunch of stuff and then, but most people just will find their own internship and then apply for different fellowships and funding from Yale. So I got a fund, I got funding through my residential college to go for last year. I did a remote internship for the office of the public defender in Baltimore. My freshman year, they, they have, if you're on any kind of financial aid, you can get $4,000 to do any kind of domestic internship that's unpaid. So it has to be unpaid. And like with a, normally it's like for public service or arts related internships. So I worked in Mississippi at this non-educational nonprofit and Yale just gave me money to do that. I, my June, the summer after my sophomore year, I studied abroad. I knew I didn't want to do it during the semester because I just wanted to kind of have all eight semesters at Yale. But I studied abroad during the summer. Um, Yale gave me, Yale matched my financial aid for that. So I got a grant to study abroad, but I did have to pay some also. Mm-hmm. And I also uh, got a grant from the Genocide Studies Program then to after my study abroad, I stayed in Rwanda. I studied abroad in Rwanda and Uganda because um, I was really interested in kind of post-conflict restorative justice. And I stayed afterwards in August and Yale gave me money to do that also. And I stayed with my host family who I was with during the summer. So it was really nice. They were amazing. And so that's that's my summer situation. In terms of jobs, it's just total chaos because of the pandemic. Yeah. But I also know that Yale does give you a leg up, especially if you're interested in consulting and finance. So um like a lot of recruiters will come directly to Yale and you get to like basically skip a step of the, I don't know a lot about it, but you get to basically skip a step of the application process. So they're recruiting like directly out of the university because it's an elite school. And it, um, so that's definitely something that happens like McKinsey and all these other different consulting companies, Bain, Morgan Stanley, they all come here and recruit right out of the university for internships. And then your internship can turn into a job. So, so one of my roommates ended up working for a private equity firm during the summer. And that's where she's working post-grad as well. But it's a little different for nonprofit stuff. I mean, that's amazing. Like they just come to the school and they're like, okay, if you're interested in our company or whatever, you come over, we'll look over and we'll give you an internship. Um, not really. It's really competitive still because oh, okay, everyone okay. wants these internships. But I think compared to other universities, they're really interested in recruiting kids directly out of like Ivy Leagues, basically. Um, I don't know a lot about it. I just know one of my friends said you do get to skip like some part, some original part of like submitting an application for the process. But you do still have, but they, you end up kind of somehow on the top of the stack being for a meal. Mm-hmm. And then you had like more priority in the application process, but it's still really long. Every financial, uh, like every finance geared person that I know went through a lot of rounds of interviews and flying out to do interviews for these internships. So that was never something that I was interested in doing. So I don't know a lot about it, but I do know that Yale definitely was really helpful in those specifically. Although I found it to be less helpful when I'm applying for nonprofit jobs, just because there's not as much like Yale networking involved in that because um, yeah, it's just like harder around the connections that Yale gives you, but I've still, it's still been helpful. Can you talk about your study abroad? I mean, I've never talked to anybody with a study abroad. So Uganda and Rwanda, what exactly do you do on study abroad? Obviously you're going to have fun. I mean, you're in a new country, but what exactly does Yale require of you to do while you're in that, in that country of study? Yeah, so it really depends on what kind of 
study abroad, you do, but um, Yale had a bunch of different approved programs that they would give you credit that you could transfer the credits over to. So I did one with the School for International Training, which runs a lot of different field-based programs in different countries. So it wasn't like I was going to a university. So that a lot of some of my friends did that. One of my friends studied, she took a course at the London School of Economics and studied there over the summer. Uh, so it was really different in that it was the kind of study abroad program where the School of International Training runs the program. You take classes, but you also do a lot of different site visits. We went to a lot of different memorials. I stayed with two different host families, so I didn't stay in like a university dorm. Um, so it was a really different kind of study abroad experience than kind of just going to Europe and going to a university and studying there and doing an exchange. Also because I went during the summer, so it wasn't during the semester. Mm-hmm. So definitely it was really a unique study exper- study abroad experience, but I also knew that was what I wanted to do. So I ended up spending two months there. I took a, so it is a class. You'd have to do work for it. So I went to class every day, but then some of the classes were just like going out to do things and going to museums, going to different nonprofits and visiting them, learning about conflict, visiting with that. We had a lot of different visiting lecturers from local universities. So that did happen. And so that was kind of my study abroad experience. And so I spent, it was also a two country one. So it was a little bit different. I spent the first part of it in Rwanda in Kigali. And I spent the second half in Gulu, Uganda, which is where um, the part of the Ugandan civil war took place. And in terms of resume and like finding a job post-grad, do the study abroad show anything at all? Like, do recruiters see study abroad and say, oh, I mean, that's definitely something that we want her? Maybe. I have no idea, to be honest. <laughs> I have really no, I, I feel like really lost in the in the job application process. So it's been quite stressful, especially because I feel like a lot less people are hiring right now. Uh, I do think it looks good to do study abroad, be, if, especially if you're interested in working internationally or doing I, I also think my study abroad was very specific. I'm as interested in restorative justice and conflict. So that my, the classes I took were very specific. So that I think looks good on my resume because I'm applying to jobs that are kind of based around human rights and uh, the criminal justice system. So I hope that that looks good for people. I've heard that it looks good to do study abroad on your application, but I have no idea because I have no idea what people are looking for. So yeah. Because yeah, I know internships definitely look good because it shows you have experience. I just didn't know if it was the same for study abroad. Because whenever I heard of yeah. study abroad, I was like, oh, my God, spending a summer in like France or something. That sounds amazing. I would totally do that. So, yeah. Yeah. it's. Uh, I also had friends who did stuff like that. It sounded awesome because also I know a lot of people who did during the semester. So it's basically like you're just doing your college experience somewhere else, um, which is really cool. And I had a friend who did a semester program that was in like four different countries and it was a human rights-based program. And she went to like Jordan, Nepal and Chile. So was that's amazing. amazing. Yeah. That's incredible. Okay. So what was I going to say? Oh yes. Okay. So one thing I want to discuss before we wrap up here in relation to college is how did you come upon your major? Because you knew you were relatively interested in politics. That's what you knew in high school. So how did you come upon your specific major? And was it kind of like a last minute thing? Was was it pressure? Because I know you have to declare a major by some point in most colleges. Yeah. So at Yale, it is really flexible. You have until the end of your sophomore year. So I didn't come in having a major, which is different from some other universities because Yale is a liberal arts college. So 
I didn't come in having a major. I had put on my application like a couple different things that I knew about. I was like, maybe I'll do political science. I think you have to put your like top three. So I put political science. Yale has a bunch of interdisciplinary majors that are like three things. So it's like ethics, politics, and economics. Um, like eth- ethnicity, race, and migration is mine. So it's just like three random words kind of. Um, I was interested in global affairs at the time. So I had put that as a potential major. I really had no idea what I was doing. And then I came to Yale and I didn't realize that ethnicity, race, and migration was even a major. Like I hadn't known about it before coming here. So, but I ended up taking a couple classes freshman year in the major and really loved it. And I just, and it was, Yale is really into these kind of interdisciplinary programs, which is what um, ERNM, which we call it, is. So it incorporates a lot of classes across political science, history, English. And I knew that I wanted to explore kind of immigration and race and specifically Asian American studies from all of these different perspectives. So that's what I got to do in ERNM because it pulled classes from all of these different programs at Yale. So, and different professors from across different disciplines are assigned to ERNM. So that's how I ended up choosing my major. Um, and I had friends who came in. The thing about changing your major is really true because I had friends who, I had a bunch of friends who came in thinking they were going to be like science, technology, engineering majors who ended up becoming English majors, art majors, things like that. So it totally does change. And I am really glad that I went to a school where that was really flexible and very possible um, because I just had basically no idea what I wanted to do. I declared after my first year, but you don't have to declare until after your sophomore year. Okay. So we're coming to an end here. And there's one thing I do with every every interviewee and that's advice. So what advice would you give for number one, high school students They can be any year of high school. They can be in the college admissions process. What is the one piece of advice you would give for them? And then same for college students who are perhaps just coming into college. And obviously it's a different universe, so they don't know what to expect. So what would you give? What advice would you give for high school students and then college students who are maybe just coming in or confused about how to approach college? Yeah, um, I think for high school students, I think I guess I've talked about this a couple of times, but my biggest thing is just feel less pressure if you do um, and just don't worry about college so much. I wish I had thought about I wish I had taken up so much less space in my mind when I was in high school. Um, and I realized saying that seems a little bit silly now because I know it worked out really well for me, but I still have regrets about um just letting it take up so much mind space, especially junior and senior year in my mind. So just like do the things that you want to do in high school, no matter what it is, and things will like work out for you. Um, Because everyone who I know, no matter what happened to them, things have worked out for them. We're all about to graduate and everyone is where they want to be, no matter where they went to, no matter where they went to college. And it's really true. Like it's not BS when people say that to you, that it'll be okay no matter what happens because it definitely will. Um, I had friends who felt like it was the end of the world when they did not get into their dream school and it did not end up being that way. And so that's that's my advice to my younger self slash to any college student, to any high school student who's applying to college. And I think in terms of college students, something I wish I did first year that I did not do was just 
not do every extracurricular, like don't sign up for a thousand things that you're not going to end up sticking with. Like just do the, again, do the things that you want to do and don't feel the need to get involved or don't be pressured by like all the mailing lists you'll get put on and all the extracurricular fairs and just do like one or two things because also you'll spend, just you'll just feel really crazed and busy first year in a way that you don't need to be. So that's my advice to incoming college students. Um, yeah. Anyways, thank you so much. Yeah. I, thank you for coming. Good night. Okay, bye. That's it for my entire interview with Carolyn. If you have not checked out part one, make sure to do that. And also check out my blog, acollegekid.com. Also subscribe so you know when the next episode is released. And I hope to see you then. Bye.